listening to this sermon podcast for Real Life Church Pullman. We exist to help people know and become like Jesus. It is that time of year when people start talking about New Year's resolutions, right? And uh, uh, don't get stressed out. This is not a New Year's resolution sermon. Uh, it's just hard to start to be the year off without mentioning it because people do think about the past and they think about what's gone on. And probably as much as ever before, most people are looking at the past and hoping that it's a done and gone, right? Like it's it's pretty easy to get on the bandwagon of like what a kind of miserable season it's been for many people for many reasons and not that that's everybody's story but there's it's been a rough go with all of the things that we've gone through as a country and and to to wrestle with those things the the good part about it is it just sort of naturally puts everybody in this mindset that we're looking forward to something better and that's a good place to be that's a good posture to have that you're looking forward to something better and and with that in mind, I just think that, that a lot of people have that mindset and they begin to think about setting goals, stopping things that you did in the last year, starting new things that might be better for you, really kind of making new resolutions or commitments for this year ahead. And, and as you think about those things, in and of themselves, they're not bad. But here's the thing about goals and resolutions and the things that we do these times of years is they're only good if they help you get where you're trying to go, right? There, like a lot of people get to setting goals, and it reminds me of a quote I saw recently from Alice in Wonderland. You probably haven't seen that recent, uh, you know, too uh, too often, but maybe you have if you've got little kids. But I love this quote between Alice and the cat. She says, uh, "Would you tell me, please, which way I ought to go from here?" Well, that depends a good deal on where you want to get," says the cat. "Well, I don't care where," said Alice. "Well, then it doesn't really matter which way you go." And I think after the year that we've had, that a lot of people do have a bit of apathy when it comes to thinking about the future. It's a little bit like, I really don't care where I go as long as it's not back there, as long as it's not the way it used to be, right? And I want to get us to stretch a little bit and make sure that we're going into this new year really reminded and refreshed with some clarity of purpose. Because if we know what our purpose is, we know where we're headed, then the goals and, and, and resolutions that we may have in mind, we can hold them up against that. Like, are they actually going to get us where we want to go? And so I just want to make sure that we all know going into this new year, for us as a church, for us as a family, we do have a really crystal clear purpose. And our purpose as a church is to help people get to know and become like Jesus. It's not hard to remember. It's not the catchy, uh, you know, fanciest way to say it, but I'm a huge fan of saying things really concretely. Our purpose, what we're here for, everything we do is aimed at helping people get to know and become like Jesus. And that's not just a, a great idea or our, our idea, like it's just grounded in scripture all throughout the Bible you'll find that that idea is supported. I think of what Jesus said in John 14, 6. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We have to help people get to know Jesus. He is 
the way. First John 2, 6, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. It's not just enough to know Jesus. You actually have to start to live like Jesus lived, like an apprentice or a disciple becoming like him. Or 1 Corinthians 11, when Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. These are some of the many passages that help support and shape why our purpose is what it is. Like everything we do is designed to help people get to know and become like Jesus. And when I think about not only us as a church, but each of you personally, it would be my deepest desire that it would also be your personal purpose. When you think about what do you live for? What do you exist for? Like what is central to what, to like what you value and care about most would be right in lockstep with our purpose as a church, that what if this year for 2022, we could sort of have a a twofold purpose where we could say that as a church and as uh, individuals, we could say like, this year, I really want to get to know Jesus and become more like him. And I want to help other people get to know Jesus and become more like him. Like if that is on the refrigerator, if that is on the forefront of our mind and that's going to shape what we do and the kind of goals that we set and the kind of decisions that we make this year, I promise you this is going to be a good year. And so we're going to kind of zero in on some things over the next few weeks to really help you um, do just that to get to know Jesus better, to help other people get to know Jesus uh, better, and to become more like him. And so we're going to kind of title this series, uh, Unbury Your Bullseye. And I'll explain why we landed on that. It's, it's called Unbury Your Bullseye because if, if we kind of use this analogy to help us through this series, uh, the idea of a target with different rings on it, you know, and the bullseye in the middle, that target would represent everything that a Christian believes, all of our Christian beliefs. Like, what do we believe about God? What do you have to believe to be a Christian? Somewhere it fits on that board. But one of the things that can happen is as we grow in our faith, we come to faith in Jesus, we begin to read our Bibles, we start to go to church, we get involved in a Bible study, you download the YouVersion app and try out a plan, right? Like the things that we do as we're growing in our faith, what happens is people can tend to think that because God said it or because it came from the Bible, everything has to go on the bullseye. Everything is important. And what can happen is Christians can try to make all Christian convictions, all Christian beliefs, bullseye beliefs. And there are a lot of problems with that, as you can imagine. One of the things that can happen is people can begin to become legalistic, like everything has to be followed. We can see that come out in the lives of the Pharisees. The other thing that can happen, probably more common for more people, is that people get overwhelmed and and frustrated and feel like there's no way I could know all of this stuff. And if everything is important, I'm in deep trouble. And they just give up. They just get overwhelmed and quit. And I think if, if anybody has been a Christian for very long at all, you've probably bumped up against some of those feelings of overwhelm, some of those feelings of, do I have all the answers? And you've probably asked yourself some of these questions, some things like, how do I learn all of this? 
It gets a little overwhelming. How do I know what to focus on first? Uh, What are the most important things that I should know? Or is there stuff that's not super important? And those are the kinds of questions that we can think internally, maybe even write down in a journal or a study that we're doing, but it's uncomfortable to talk about them amongst our friends because it sort of feels like we're exposing ourselves, like we don't have it all figured out. We've got questions. We're worried that we might actually be wrong about some stuff. We're worried that we might be focusing on the wrong things and not even know what the right things are. And to share those things is to be vulnerable and it's uncomfortable. And so we tend to keep that stuff under wraps until it builds up and it it starts to push us away from a desire to get to know God better because you can just kind of have that that apathy like Alice with the cat, like, I don't really know what I know. I just know I don't want to be here. And it's like there's not a lot of clarity in your life. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to focus in in this series on a few different areas to help you really zero in and get some clarity about what you believe and why those beliefs kind of land in the categories that they do. And one of the reasons this is so important is because when people talk with you about your faith, if you've been a Christian very long and let anybody know, inevitably what happens, particularly now with social media, is people will poke at your faith. And people tend to uh, ask you questions about things that they feel like might stump you. And they tend to ask you questions to, a lot of times aimed at trying to pull at your doubts to uncover your blind spots, to see if they think they can kind of give you a curveball that you, you know, they may have a, a know something that you don't know to get you to question or wonder if what you believe is really real. And what we'll find, and we'll talk about this a little bit this morning, is that more often than not, when skeptics will come at you or when people will try to kind of poke at your faith a little bit, they tend to do so with things that land on the periphery of the target. People don't normally attack bullseye beliefs. The problem is, for us as individual Christians, if we don't really have our bullseye beliefs defined, if we don't know what our core beliefs are that are essential things for us to believe as a Christian, then we tend to try to defend the whole target. Anything somebody brings up to us, we try to have an answer for. And when we don't have answers, we feel even more defeated. And so we're going to zero in and talk about what these kind of categories are on that target. And so first of all, the middle, uh, the bullseye, is what we call things that are essential for salvation. These are things that are beliefs that are so important that if you do not believe them, it will affect your salvation. In fact, if you don't believe these core things, you, you may believe something but it's not biblical Christianity. So there are things that define what it means to be a Christian according to the Bible. And we call those essential for salvation. And in our analogy, to help us remember, I'm going to call them bullseye beliefs because it'll stick in our our mind. Then outside of that, the next circle out are things that are important beliefs. These are things that are important for following Jesus as a faithful follower, right? These are important beliefs, but you can get these things wrong, maybe not know all of them, um, have not learned them yet, and it doesn't affect your salvation. Now here's the thing. 
They're important because they are beliefs that help us learn how to be a faithful follower of Jesus. So if you aren't doing them, you may actually need some correction or some instruction in important beliefs along the way. And that's part of the discipleship process. But there's not this pressure that if you aren't doing them perfectly or you haven't learned them all yet, that you're not saved, okay? And then on the outside, the periphery of the bullseye are what we call personal beliefs. Now, personal beliefs are things that might be really important to one person or maybe even a group of like-minded people, but they're not necessary for you to be a faithful follower of Jesus. They're not necessary or required for your salvation. They land more in the area of kind of personal interpretation or preference. Now, like I mentioned earlier, what you'll find is when people try to poke at your faith or ask you questions to stump you, what normally happens is they attack areas of periphery things, things that are not near the bullseye. They'll come up with really hard questions, things like, are dinosaurs really in the Bible? Now, the not that polite answer, but really honest answer is, who cares? It just doesn't matter. If you're going to ask me, are dinosaurs real? I've been to Vernal, Utah. I've been to Dinosaur National Monument. I've seen thousands of dinosaur skeletons. I'm pretty sure it's real. Right? There were gigantic animals roaming the land at one point. Are dinosaurs in the Bible? It doesn't matter. It has no effect on my salvation. It has no effect on the salvation of the person I'm talking to. There's nothing wrong with talking about dinosaurs. Don't get me wrong. That's not the point. The point is that when a skeptic or someone tries to pull or prod at your faith, they try to ask you things to uh, get you to doubt or wonder if you really know what you think you know. They'll, they'll come at things like the story of Jonah. Well, was Jonah really swallowed by a whale? Did he actually live in the belly of the whale? Or is that supposed to be some allegory or is that literal? Like, what is going on with that, right? Now, here's the truth. You can ponder on that for a while and try to figure out where do you put the story of Jonah on your target and the reality is nobody ever puts that story close to the bullseye because it has nothing to do with salvation. It, it, it's not that it's not an important biblical text and there aren't important lessons to learn from Jonah and his story. But however I interpret that story, whether it's literal or an allegory, has no effect on my salvation nor yours. It's, it's nowhere near the bullseye. It changes the way I'm going to talk about that with somebody. And then what happens even more often than that is people will start to kind of come at their things that land in the area of personal preference. So they'll poke at things like, well, what do you actually believe about a Christian drinking? Can Christians drink? Because I thought this, or I read this, or somebody told me that, or this church this, but that church that, and they give all sorts of worldly examples. What about Christians smoking cigarettes? We live in Washington state where it's legal for uh, pot and marijuana. What about Christians smoking pot? And they'll want to poke at these things that land in the area of personal preference. These are things that, like many, are not things that you have to have figured out to be a faithful follower of Jesus. They're not things that you have to have figured out to, ha to have salvation. 
And as we start to learn about the different types of Christian convictions, the different beliefs you can have to be a Christian, and where they land on this target, it helps us learn how to have the right kind of conversations. And it it also helps us understand you don't have to defend the whole target. What really matters is that bullseye. Learn to be educated, informed, articulate at what your bullseye beliefs are. What are the core ingredients when it comes to what is it required to be a biblical Christian? There are some things, but there are not nearly as many as you might think. And so we're going to do something uh, this morning. Well, actually, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention that that I think that uh, probably a lot of us don't realize is that this idea of talking about um, what you believe and kind of where it fits on your target is not new to us. This is something that Jesus was masterful at. I, I think of several different examples, but one example is Matthew twenty three twenty three, where Jesus is rebuking uh, Pharisees as the way that they gave and tithe. He calls them hypocrites. And he says, you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. So Jesus is not saying this stuff over here that you believed about tithing right down to the nitty gritty on even your spices is a wrong belief. He's not saying they were wrong. He's saying that there are other beliefs that are more important than those. You got the wrong thing on the bullseye. If you look at the Sermon on the Mount under this idea, this analogy of this bullseye beliefs and different kind of categories of beliefs, Jesus is really doing the very same thing all through the Sermon on the Mount. He's going, you've heard it said, but I say. You've heard it said, but I say. What I think is fascinating about it is he's not telling them what they believed was wrong. If we think about it in our context here, just kind of paraphrasing to help us really solidify this uh, example, it would be like Jesus coming to him and saying, you've been taught your whole life that not murdering people is on the bullseye. That is a foundational belief. You've got that at the center. That's super critical for you. He goes, but I say, it's actually there's actually another belief that's more important than that one. And it has to do with the way that you think about other people long before you get to the act of murder. You've heard it said, don't commit adultery. You were taught your whole life that not committing adultery is a bullseye belief. It's as if Jesus is saying, I'm not questioning that it's, uh, that it's accurate, that it's a biblical teaching, but you've got it in the wrong spot. There's actually something more important than don't commit adultery, and it has everything to do with what's going on in your head and what's going on in your heart when you look at other people the way that you are. He says, you've heard it said that you can love these people, but it's okay to hate your enemies. He's like, and you were taught that that goes on the bullseye. Like that's the core of who you are as a Christian, as a, as a believer in God. And he comes along and says, but I say, there's another belief that trumps that one. It, it needs a, at a higher level of importance than that one. And it has everything to do with loving people who oppose you, who are actually considered your enemy. 
I just think it's so cool how he's, he's not coming at them going, you've believed the wrong things. But he's going, you need to sift and filter what you believe so that you have the right beliefs in the right spot. Because if you overemphasize wrong Christian doctrine, wrong Christian convictions, if you put the wrong things in the wrong spot, you get off track. And Jesus constantly, over and over and over again, was challenging people to get on his track, to see our faith the way he sees our faith. And so that's what he did over and over and over again. And so we're going to kind of do a little bit of uh, something different this morning. I kind of said it's going to be feel a little more schoolish than sermony, and and we're going to stretch because um, I just I believe with all my heart that. If each of us in this room will take seriously, really zeroing in and caring about what's on our bullseye, what are our strong personal convictions, what are our beliefs that are, are required for someone to be a Christian, like what goes there, the, the more we'll lean in and learn what those things are and why they're there and understand them, the, the more our lives will change. It'll change the kind of conversations we have with people. It'll change the kind of arguments you're willing to engage in and not engage in. It'll change relationships you have with people. It'll change your focus and your direction. And I promise you, if you'll do it, for the better. And so for me, I just think this is super, super important territory. And part of why I think it's so important is because every one of us in this room knows somebody in this town that we actually care about that doesn't know Jesus. And if we're a family of, and I don't take this the wrong way, I'm so not trying to be guilt trippy or beat you up. I, I don't mean it that way at all. But if we're a family of like, go with the flow Christians, we have a lot of people that we love and care about that need Navy SEALs doing battle for them, knowing what we believe, why we believe what we believe, caring about our faith deeply, taking it seriously, knowing way more about what our bullseye beliefs are than the Netflix series that we watch. If that doesn't change, this community will not change. The people that you love and care about will not come to know Christ because who's going to tell them? So, off my soapbox. I, I, we're going to do something. I want you to grab your sermon notes, and in your sermon notes, you're going to find a, a blank circles there, a little target, and you'll notice on there that the bullseye is small. Go figure. Um, and the, the part of that is that, it, by design, is that it helps you wrestle with not everything can fit on the bullseye. And so I want you to, to take some time. I'm actually going to stop talking I'm going to walk around. I'll just tell you right now, I'm not going to put anybody on the spot. I'm not going to ask anybody to say anything, so don't nobody stress out. Um, but I want to give you a chance to actually talk amongst yourselves, wrestle with what should go on the bullseye. Like, what is essential to be a Christian? What should actually make your bullseye? And you may have other thoughts pop in your head, and I want you to grab that thought and go, okay, well, where would that one go on the, on the target? Is that, is that right in the middle? Is that important? Is that personal preference? Like, where does that land? And I want you to just practice this uh, exercise for a minute and go ahead and talk with people around you and go for it. All right.
Good job, you guys. I love walking around and seeing circles filling up with writing. Like, you're wrestling with thoughts, and you're, it's like going from your brain out to your writer downer, and it's making it on your paper. You're actually like wrestling with what goes where and why, and, and man, that is good stuff. That is, this exercise is honestly some of the most important kind of work you can do as a believer in Jesus is to really personally take the time, put in the effort to wrestle with what matters most and, and then to learn it, right? To actually learn it and be able to talk about it and articulate it. Um, in our church, we take some time, uh, several times through the year, we offer a class called our 101 Joining the Team class. And in that class, it's a two-part class, we actually go through everything we believe as a church. We go through our statement of faith and explain what do we believe as a church. And we break down our beliefs into two categories. One category is the things that we call essential for salvation, So those are our bullseye beliefs. The other category is the things that are essential for unity. They're not necessary, like we could, we can disagree on them, but we talk about if we're going to disagree, how do we treat each other? How does our church family operate as a team, as a family on things where we don't necessarily see it the same way? which is pretty important when you have a church full of people from a lot of different places with a lot of different backgrounds. One of the things you have to talk about up front is how do we disagree, right? And so that's some of the things that we do in that one-on-one class. Coincidentally, you'll see it's up there, but uh, the next one is coming up this month, January 23rd and the 30th. And it's a two-part class. The lunch is free. Uh, the childcare is available. And that doesn't, that none of it costs anything. But we need you to register so that we know uh, to how to be prepared for it and that stuff. If you're new with us and you're trying to decide if real life is the church for you, that's the place to start. That's where we kind of put all our cards on the table and go, this is what, what we're here for. This is what we believe. This is what we're shooting for. This is what it means to be a part of our team. We just lay it all out there. If you have not been to a 101 class, in the last couple of years, um, I would say please come to this one or the next one available because we've changed some things and updated our statement of faith and we really want to make sure everybody in our real life family is not only on the team, but we're, uh, we understand what we believe as a church so that we can operate really well together as a team. So uh, the details are in your notes about how to sign up for that. Um, but in that class, we do break down those essentials for salvation, which in our context today would be called our bullseye beliefs. And so I just want to spend our last little bit of time walking through with you our bullseye beliefs as a church. These are the things that we would say are essential for a person to believe in order to be a Christian. Now, again, you heard me say this earlier, you can... uh, you might not agree with all of these. And I'm just, I'm here to tell you, if you don't, you are believing in something that is not biblical Christianity. These are core beliefs of what it means to be a biblical Christian. Now, you might go, well, like a lot of people, well, there's going to be a lot of them. There's not a lot of them. There's nine. There's nine things. And so we're going to walk through them. And I just want to tell you up front, a couple of things. Ready? 
the order that they're in is irrelevant. It, the order does not signify, there's not some special formula that one's the most important, less, they're, they're all important, okay? Uh, and also the statements that I'm about to go through with you are meant on purpose to just be a short, succinct summary statement. So the, the, what I'm telling you, the, the little sentence that we're going to go through is not meant to be the explain it all to you. That's going to be available in this uh, little homework challenge that we've got, and I'll talk more about in a second. But each one is a summary statement with a keyword purposely designed to be easy for us to remember. So let's just go through them together. Number one, it's essential that a Christian believes that God exists. Number two, it's essential that a Christian believes Jesus is Lord and the risen Savior. Number three, it's essential that a Christian believes that we are born again by the Holy Spirit. Number four, it's essential that a Christian believes that uh, God was the father of Jesus and revealed himself as the spiritual father of all who put their faith in him. Uh, number five, it's essential that a Christian believes that the Bible is God's word to us. Number six, it's essential that a Christian believes that all people are made in the spiritual image of God. Number seven, it's essential that a Christian believes that we will exist for eternity with God in heaven or separated from God in hell. Number eight, it's essential that a Christian believes every Christian is called to full-time Christian service. Number nine, it's essential that a Christian believes that we are saved by God's grace through faith and not by any human effort. Again, these are summary statements, and what I want to do is, is because this is so important for you personally, for the people in your life that you have influence over, because this is so important for our church, I wanted to put together a little homework challenge. And so we're going to have at the end of service, after worship and stuff, you're going to have an opportunity to grab this little booklet. There's some on the stage, there's some in the back, that has more detailed homework about this topic. It will go through how to help you remember the keywords, how to help you memorize the summary statements. And then we give in great detail beside each statement the more uh, fleshed out, you know, a little bit more details. We also give the supporting scriptures that say, here's what God's word says about this topic and why we feel like it lands as a bullseye belief, okay? Um, now, no homework is fun unless you can get rewarded for actually doing it, right? I mean, I'm a big fan of being rewarded. So also, it's just really important, and so why not make it fun? And so there's going to be some really cool things listed in the, the back of the homework. You'll have to kind of go all the way through it, and then you'll see some ways where you can get some free coffees for doing some of the stuff. You'll also see some opportunities where you can uh, pick your staff member for something. You'll just have to read to figure that out. And um, you know, there'll be some cool dinner opportunities. None of them involve me cooking, so they're actually rewards. Um, otherwise, it would be a punishment. So that's, that's some fun stuff that we're going to have in there because I really, really, truly believe that each of us, if we'll take this seriously, if we'll dig in, if we will really put effort and intention into not only learning what should go on the bullseye, but actually learning it personally, understanding it, being able to talk about it, articulate it, that it, it has so much power to change the, the relationships that you have, the conversations that you have, 
to change and grow and mature you and your walk with God, that the fruit from it could be fantastic for you personally and for us as a church. And so for me, I think it's super important. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by going to rlcpullman.com or by following us on Facebook or YouTube. Until next time, have a great week.